Welcome to Survivor Cast. International. I'm Cody. I'm Jacqueline. And today on the pod, it's premiere night. We're talking Survivor 42, episode number one. Does it have like a specific... No, they call it Survivor 42. Dumb. That's their naming convention for the last, and the last one was just Survivor 41. Dumb. Do you hope they end that going into 43 and 44? Yes. Me too. I need my, like, Survivor, blood versus water. Yeah, some type of theme. Survivor. That's not just a year. Immunity Island. That's why they're so big, at least last season on the, like, drop Drop the the four, keep the one, it's a new era, motherfucker. (laughs) We are an international... But didn't, like, the first one even have, like, a fucking... No. No? I don't even know if Survivor 40 did. I think it might have just been Survivor 40, hmm. but I'm not sure. For sure, 41 I and I thought 42. it was, like, initially named, like, based off of the country that they were in. No, they're in Fiji. No. Well, I know been... that now that they're, they're in Fiji and have been in Fiji for a while, but beforehand... Well, yeah, it used to be, like, yeah, Survivor Africa That's what I'm saying. Like, they've always had, like, a tag. For the mo- and then, yeah, then it switched from being location-based to being more of the theme of, exactly. like, Blood versus Water exactly. or Heroes versus But it's never Home just Boys. been the number until... No, until exactly. last season and now this Exactly. Time. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So not Survivor 1. No, but that's why they've been saying Survivor, drop the four, keep the one. It's a new season. That's why they've been saying that so much because the season is just called Survivor 41. Well, I think it's silly. I agree. I don't know what you're disagreeing with me about. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, well, that's not a good sign when you're disagreeing with somebody. We're just having conversation. Okay, okay. Well, should we <laughs> have a conversation about our three tribes? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's break them down. We've got the Orange Tribe. Which the... they have, like actual names taku tribe i've got the names as well don't worry i'm just questioning on our orange tribe we've got marianne marianne okay i want to show we want to look at photos of people as i like marianne is really really difficult to like to like are you gonna just stop there no to adjust to she's high energy she's very millennial or zoomer she is Generation Z for sure. I think they like to be called Zoomers because they, they go so fast. Um, I I have mixed feelings on Marianne. She's very bubbly. She's she's got a big personality. She's yes. fun. She's fun. She is very fun. She she can definitely like buck up her tribe and like sure. bring good energy. I'm curious where her game's gonna go. Yes. All right. We've also got Mary A. Or, or, I'm sorry, not Mary, uh, Mariah. Jeez. Mariah. Mariah. 
Um, Mariah kind of took a back seat for me. I didn't really notice much of Mariah this episode. She had some moments. Um, I'm sure we'll get to them specifically, but she didn't have a huge presence. I tell you, I'm going to fucking accidentally call her Mary A a million times <laughs> this season. I've already accidentally made the mental connection. And, and we'll now never... it's going to happen forever. Forever in great. Mariah. Mary A? What does Mariah? the A stand for? Awesome. Well, hopefully Mariah will be voted out soon. Athletic. Okay. Um, how about Jonathan? That big old Johnny boy. Physical presence, Jonathan. He's a big burly man. Certainly not a puzzle guy, he calls himself. No, he's all brawn, no brains. And so far. I don't <laughs> want to seem like I'm too mean. <laughs> then we've got Lindsay, who is real like hippie millennial. I feel like if there's a distinction between mm -hmm. millennials and Zoomers, Lindsay is it. Yeah, she's also like... I feel like she takes a pretty forward... Wait, maybe Lindsay's... I was thinking of Lydia. Never mind. Lindsay's got braids. Lindsay... Lindsay is, like, probably early 30s, probably around our age. For sure. Maybe slightly, slightly older. older. She's like a mom. She's, like, 35, maybe. Got, like, mom, suburb mom energy to me. Okay. She, like, really takes charge in a few different ways, so I get that suburb mom vibe. Yeah. So 35 got, is valid. Living high at 35. <laughs> We've got Omar to round out our orange Taku tribe. Well, Omar and Jackson. Don't oh. forget about Jackson. Oh, I somehow skipped Jackson. So but let's start with Omar. Omar. I like Omar. I love Omar. I think I my very first note about this season is a little heart next mm. to Omar. And so... At the very top, I he must have done something that I loved. Is it but because then he, like, he's quietly... an exotic vet? He's an exotic pet veterinarian or exotic oh, animal vet? Actually, yeah, I think it is because he was like describing that his days are super like random, that he could be like hanging out with a flamingo one day. I don't think he said flamingo, but something I... like cute and little. Yeah. And then the next day, like be sticking his hand up an elephant's ass or something is what he said. I think he said two completely different animals, but I love just the <laughs> like spin the roulette wheel of animals in Jackie's head. Flamingo, elephant. Yes. He could be cuddling a gopher one day and <laughs> hand up the ass of a rhino the next. <laughs> I love it. I would much rather be hanging with the flamingo or the gopher than sticking my hand up the ass of a giant animal. Yeah, I can't think of a giant animal that I would prefer to stick my hand up its rear end <sighs> over like hanging out with a gopher. I mean, <sighs> it just sounds like a good time. Sit um, on your shoulder. Okay, and then we've got... Well, we, and we can't skip Jackson. I know, that's what I'm saying. And then, and then we've got Jackson. Jackson's got a big arc this episode, and we'll get yes. to it. Yes, yes, we like and like um, good he's tattoos. Cool. Yeah, he's got cool tattoos, like his earrings, small gauges, good size. Wish we got to see more of Jackson, but we'll get to that. Totally. Let's move on to the Ika or Iku uh, tribe, the Blue Tribe. I want to say, okay, which tribe are we doing? Can we do green tribe next? Okay, let's move on to the green or Vati tribe. Okay, Vati tribe. On Vati, we've got Mike. Mike. I I dig Mike's vibe. He's hey. pretty, he looks like he's going to be someone that you hate, like a Tony, but he gives really good vibes right away. And he like, 
hey, I know that I look like a dude that you're not going to like. So he's I'm going to be extra cuddly and you're going to fucking love me. He's the firefighter from Brooklyn, question mark, with a heart of gold. He's got a pro- like a real prominent no, accent. He's from like a small town, like Providence or something. I don't know. He just has like a real distinct accent. And as a Midwesterner, I can't quite place it. I'm Not just going to say all. Brooklyn. Cool. Hey, I'm firefighting here. <laughs> he said that like four times. But yeah, I also really dig Mike's vibe. We've also got Lydia, the quintessential millennial is what I was saying before. I think she's a Gen Zer as well. She's just real extra. She kind of has like vague hippie vibes, but like mall hippie, if that makes any sense. I wrote Gen Z girl. Boo. Boo. And I don't know who I was referencing. So it's either Lydia or Marianne. I don't feel good about having just booed Lydia, I have to tell you. (laughs) Well, just looking at this picture of her like aggressively like. Well, no one knows what photo you're talking about, and it's not really fair to her or the listeners to reference it, I have to say. You're right. I just feel like some of these characters... Characters? They're people. These castaways. Some of these castaways got flattering photos, and others got not-so-flattering photos, and I'm sorry. This is just someone, something, I think it's literally just screenshots from the opening with their names attached to it, so... Well, I mean, thank you, whoever did it. All right. Chanel. We've got Chanel. Oh, Someone who also didn't make a huge splash this episode, but I'm hoping for big things to come. But did get a little muddy. You know, who did get some moments. Let's say hello to Hi. I really like Hi. Hi made me smile a bunch. This is a diverse cast. Um, I did read something about it's the... No, I got muddy. It's the first cast with the most openly LGBTQ plus people with at five. Oh, man. A good, a nice mix of Americans here, right? You know, showing all corners of the country, if you will. Can we guess the five members of the LGBTQ plus community? Let's not. That's a terrible idea. Okay. Uh, Then we've got Daniel, who does have a lot to do in this episode. He's popping in this episode, if you will. Oh, no. He really pops. Oh, no. We'll get to that. He looks like that one dude, Rick Devins. He's like baby Rick Devins from previous Survivor, the one dude with curly hair and the glasses. Yes, and you just call him baby Rick all the time. It's like... Hey, baby Rick. You know I'm how... walking here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what Mike would say. <laughs> yes. Hey, baby Rick. Thanks for visiting Brooklyn. Did you see a fire? Tell me, Brooklyn Mike. You don't even know. We're going to talk about this fire later. Pizza pie. We're going to talk about it, but... New York. That's where I live. Um, Brooklyn Mike. Daniel. The firefighter. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, baby Rick. Okay, what I was going to say is, you know how there's Pokemon? Right? Yes. You know Pokemon? You know, you know how there's this thing called Pokemon? Let's start with that. Do you know Pokemon? Okay, yes. So there's Pokemon, and as the series has gone on, you've got, like, Snorlax, and he's just a standalone Pokemon, a Rick Devins, if you will, mm. a classic character who just exists, and then they go and, like, well, we want more, we want to capitalize on Snorlax, so let's Snorlax make... Snorlax is so cute. Munchlax. Let's make baby Snorlax, <sighs> but he's actually a newer character, right? What? That's what this is. This is like survivors, you know, a little bit tired. They've got to go back to classic characters, but baby versions of them. Baby Rick Evans. I love it. 
We've got baby Ricky. We got, I don't know. We'll point out who's a baby version of who as the season goes on. I love this. Hashtag, if you have any suggestions for hashtag baby survivors. Yeah. Hashtag uh, survivor babies. Survivor babies. Make get at us. animated TV show. Survivor babies. And then rounding out the Vati tribe, we've got Jenny, Jenny from the block. I feel like Jenny does really great at a few things on this episode. Jenny. Jenny. So the two jokes to make with Jenny, either pretend she's J-Lo and call her Jenny from the block or the Forrest Gump route. Those are the two jokes to make with Jenny, right? Yes. Cool. Love I'm it. sure there are more Jenny jokes to be made, but I can't think of any right now. Hashtag Jenny jokes. I Yeah, Jenny does. I think she separates herself this episode. She shows herself to be a pretty formidable player uh, asset to her tribe, right? She's doing puzzles. She's solving crimes. Yeah. Survivor crimes. And then that is the Vati tribe. Should we roll over to Ika, the blue tribe? Absolutely. All right. We've got Zach. He's 21 and a student. He's a little baby. I think he's the youngest on the cast. And he's one of the hashtag skinny boy alliance that oh. we'll also get to later. Yeah, hashtag skinny boys, hashtag twink talk when him and Romeo are talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you just told me we're not going to guess who's gay. Well, so... wait, 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 wait. You can't be a twink. And I mean, is calling someone a twink assuming their sexuality? That's mm. literally the purpose. I'm not saying they are twinks, but if they were to be members of that community, they would be considered twinks. Just like if I were to be a member of that community, I would be considered a bear. It's not saying I necessarily am a member, but if I were to be, right? Yes. Good. Not what is a twin. Oh, you're Googling <laughs> what is a twink? I hope you have the right things on your phone. There's just pictures. Of t There's literally just pictures of Timothy Chalamet that come up. What is a twink? Timothy Chalamet. A young man in his late teens to early 20s whose traits may include general physical attractiveness, a slim to average build, and a youthful appearance that may begin. Belie. Belie an older age? Like, you know, like hide. Like they might the they might be older than they look, but okay. their twinkiness belies. Belie. Oh, that's weird. Which is funny because Twinkie the food also like doesn't age. That's and so it is specifically gay slang, Cody. But I don't it doesn't say anything in that description about them being gay and it shows pictures. Twink is gay slang. It's I, literally I, the first four words. I could try to argue that it's showing Timothy Chalamet proves my point, but then he's in that movie Call mm. Me By Your Name where he plays a twink who falls in love with Army Hammer. And eats his peach. Mm. Who's now a cannibal. He wanted to eat Jesus his Christ. real peach. Okay, yep. Okay. But so, yes, hashtag so twink talk. I'm just saying you are 100% assuming people's sexual identity by calling them a twink. Well, you know what? We all learned something today and we're better for it. So I apologize and don't <laughs> tweet at us under hashtag twink talk. And, I'm... you know, in my notebook, Zach is part of the smiley face gang. Okay. Hashtag smiley face gang. <laughs> That's more family friendly. Yes. Now we don't have to mark this episode as explicit. Okay, great. Let's forget everything <laughs> that we just said. We've got Swati. Um, I think it was pronounced Swathi. Swathi. Was there? Uh, There's no H in the spelling, but I okay. believe in her introducing herself 
there was a like th sound in her name. Okay, I definitely want to pronounce her name. We correctly. will for sure like work on that. Going for I I because there is a moment where she specifically pronounces her name for someone. So yeah, I'm like pretty sure I wrote in parentheses Swathi as like a this is how you say it. Because that happens, one of us is making an unforgivable mistake, and it's most likely me. <laughs> I can't even say unforgivable correctly, so it, it's most certainly me. And she is the baby of the babies, swinging in at 20. Oh, damn. She's younger than Zach? Yes. Zach is 21 and she's 20. So really, she should have been part of Twink Talk. But I'm going to say she is been part of the National Guard. Oh, yeah. She's like badass. And has been accepted to Harvard. Yeah. She is crazy. And a good way. I think she is going to go far in the game. I'm looking forward to watching her play. You know, I thought that I wanted to go. I am looking forward to watching her play. I just feel terrible that I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm purposely avoiding saying her name. I just want to do the like. Your face is like bright red right now. (laughs) Swafty. Just like kind of like mumble (laughs) the last part of it. Oh, yeah. You know how Swafty is. (laughs) Oh, bump my notes. Um, But it's really cool. Yeah. Her family immigrated from India. Yes. Then we've got Tori, who's got, she's, oh God, she's got some big moments this episode. She's got some big pants on at certain points. 24 says she's a caregiver, but she's actually a therapist. Yeah. She doesn't Glad you're doing that. Why you psycho? I, I feel like she doesn't have what I would think of as classic psychologist or therapist vibes or caregiver vibes for that maybe she's a physical therapist maybe therapist is a broad term yes isn't there like a tory isn't that like a specific type of brit it is a specific type of brit do you think her father or mother was a tory and her father or mother was an american and they named her tory to celebrate that love (laughs) maybe i mean it could be the bringing together of cultures. See, now when you go to Google, though, and you say, what is a, and the next letter you type is a T, it autofills as twink for you. So that's fun for you. Type of bridge. Um, I think it's T-O-R-R-Y when it's the Brit person. Okay, that's good. So Tori, she's cool. She's got her moments. I don't like Tori throughout this episode, but we'll get to it. An American colonist. Oh, yeah, of course we know what this is. It's someone who supported um, England during the fucking revolution. You were a fucking Tory. Damn. So I wonder her family's been like branded as traitors. Mm -hmm. And now they name all their daughters Tory. That's the curse that George Washington put on them. But in the UK, a Tory is a supporter of the conservative party. You deigned not support this revolution. How dare you, motherfucking Tory? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that, that's classic Washington. Yep. Love it. Then we've got Roxroy, who has the best oh name my God. of the season. Right? But maybe the worst personality. Yeah. Uh, I like just, Roxroy. He is so, like... He has a big personality. Yeah. Well, not even a big personality. He's, like... He's just very opinionated and... Is, like, get up and fucking do some shit. Yeah, he, he's exactly like my dad. He, who would he's not a lot do like well your dad. He's of an older generation. He gets annoyed with the younger people easily and isn't able to hide it. And his way of relating to people is just a little bit gruff. 
he has a moment where he is being kind of like no nonsense and giving you a hard time mm-hmm. to someone he's talking to about who they're going to vote for. And I can talk specifics when we get to that moment. But I just like, oh, I don't think he's being like an asshole on purpose, but I think that's just who he is. This older guy way of relating to people that is kind of like rough around the edges. Rocks Roy, part of my star alliance. Oh, just so you know. What, what does that mean? The star alliance? Well, there's the smiley face gang. Okay. And then the star alliance. And these are just things that you've labeled them as? Yes. Love it. Yep. And then we've got Romeo. Who is a pageant director. Yes. And I it love is that for A little him. dramatic in a way that I love. But we're not going to guess who's gay. No. <laughs> no. And I don't know why you would bring that up when we're talking about Romeo. <laughs> Romeo, you know, had Romeo, two. Romeo, oh, Romeo. Romeo had two. Dream- oh, Romeo. Every time you say his name, I'm going to be so tempted to. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Romeo, oh, Romeo. Had two dreams in life. Yes. And one could not be fulfilled because he was born a man. Yeah, it can be Miss America. No, no Miss America for Romeo. But he made it on to Survivor. But he's got to win. Yes. I hope Romeo's dream comes true. And then we've got Drea rounding out the Ika or Iku, the blue tribe. And she's 34. And she cool. She's got, she does a lot in this episode. She's got her moment. She's, you know, shaking. She's making moves and making her mark. We have, okay, so as we, like, come in, yeah, I believe it's Marianne followed by Mike that are, like, fangirling out hardcore on Jeff Probst. Mike's like, my friends won't believe I'm here. They're going to turn on the deli and I'm going to be on the deli. And they're going to be like, whoa, it's Mike. Very much. Okay. So let's just jump into the episode. A. Yes. That was me jumping into the app. Jeff is like last season birthed a new era. The seasons were shot back to back, which is just funny that I used. You haven't seen it. Right. It's this whole thing about how they're not aware of the twists from 41 and they were able to tweak those twists and nobody knows what's coming, all that stuff. And there's going to be a lot of shit like 41 in it. Yes, which works well as an introduction for anyone who hasn't watched 41. You're not going to be left in the dark at all the new shit that they've added into it. I'm Um, really glad that we did catch up, though. Yes. Go listen to our 41 recap. Jonathan has a world record in pull-ups he can, uh, with 100 pounds on his back. Yes. Drea is half blind? Is that what she says? I don't know. I have no idea. She makes some comment about doing something half blind. Or half black. I don't know. Mm. Okay. Just let's put a pin in that. Let's keep an eye. Not, no pun intended. <laughs> let's Christ. keep our 2020 vision on that element of <laughs> Drea's game. Yes. We've talked about Omar being an exotic animal vet. He's going to act like a pigeon. He's going to be the humble pigeon in this game. Lindsay is really curious about how much potential she actually has. Lydia hates the outdoors, hates sand and bugs and sun and everything. Sounds like Lydia maybe signed up for the wrong show. Potentially. Uh, Yes, we talked about Daniel, his lifelong dream to be on the show. Already at at this point in the episode... I already feel like I know more of the cast better than Survivor Australia. Like they just this episode goes out of its way to really give you a feel for everyone. 
every, yeah, I agree with that. Like we get a chance to, I mean, there's maybe Chantel or Chanel. I don't know very well. Chanel. Chanel. On the green trap on Vati. Um, and that's maybe, maybe the only person that I feel like I didn't get a big feel for. But even like there's moments when they're in their individual tribes where they are just like going round robin, saying their name and their age. For the most part, you get at least you touch on at least everyone. Yes. So, yeah, uh, Jeff, he's got his new come on, come join me, not even touching upon it or commenting on it this season yes that he's no longer saying guys lots of stupid people gender neutral like raging against woke survivor which is just the dumbest take possible well those people should just die out anyway (laughs) we should vote them off uh they talk about quarantine and covid talk the like necessary been tested everyone is safe you're not infected and he also talks about the game of Survivor being, being a monster movie, a monster in a movie. You either run from it terrified and it gets you or you defeat it. What monster slash, movie would slash, it be? Is it a Freddy Krueger? Is it a Chucky? Is it a Jason? Paranormal activity. Oh, it's like a ghost. It gets you while you're sleeping. Or it doesn't let you sleep. Exactly. Ooh, it's in the kitchen. And it comes in so many different forms and you never know what's going to happen. It's where you live. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everywhere. Uh, it's in, yeah, it's always present. It's infested us. Okay, damn. We fucking we got that right away. I thought we'd have to mull on it a little. No, got it. Um, so with that, are you ready to hop into our first reward challenge? It kind of starts immediately. Yes. That's why I'm asking if you're ready to hop into it. So the race starts and it's, um, they're running to gather paddles for their boat. And of course we take this the same as from 41, but they start with nothing they're working to win their flint, machete, and pot. Yes. And the two losing tribes will get a chance to win it again at, at their, their camp. Yeah. And so one person from each tribe races to get one set of paddles, and then another person from each tribe races to get the other set of paddles in a different location. Mm-hmm. It's Jonathan versus Daniel versus Tori. Yes. Going for the first set. Jonathan, fastest runner, but Tori catches up on the net. Well, you get this overview shot, and it seems like Jonathan has a massive lead over Daniel and Tori. But yeah, the net does kind of equalize them. Absolutely. Um, But then Tori kind of like falls on the pathway back to the beach, and Jonathan just like jumps over her and regains the lead. I really like that moment. The people back on the beach can't see them, but we do get Marianne's go, Lindsay, go, Lindsay, go. She's just something. Marianne is like 100%. She's like a firework, you know? She's just like always popping off Mm. like fireworks do, question mark. More like a sparkler, always Mm. burning bright. Always sparkling? Yep. Okay, I like that. Okay. So as they run back, Daniel firmly in last place... And firmly plants himself into the ground. Dislocating his arm, we'll find out. It's fun that we went back and watched this moment. And 
I think he just must have fallen the wrong way, right? Yeah, he just, just fell like and, fell forward into the ground. And maybe because he was holding the, the oar, it like made him land on it weird. Yeah, it must have because it's like crazy that you got that injury from that. But we'll come back. It makes sense, right? Yeah. And then the other players run to get the other oars, and what? It's high. Do you know the three people? It's high for sure. Hi, and, two and ladies. Then Dre and Lindsay. Hi, Dre and Lindsay. Hi, Dre. Sounds like hydrate. Hi, Dre and Lindsay have to go and do the next length. Um, Dre gets, no, Lindsay gets there first, quickly followed by Dre, slowly followed by Hi. But they have to, like, it says, like, stop. You have to wait for everyone to get here before you do this. You can either, like, grab your paddles and go. Or you can get an advantage in the game, but you have to make this decision as a trio. If you are going to go for the advantage, you have to untie knots. And then you have to, like, cover up your time spent away by throwing mud and fake blood <laughs> yeah. on well, yourselves. So immediately, High kind of launches into, like, a pro-con list. You know, pro will each have an advantage. Con, we're being deceitful right away in the game. Well, that was Lindsay's point, but the other two immediately hopped on her and was like, yeah. it's only 26 days. Right. They, that's the kind yeah. of like, oh, it's expedited. We'll like final three, us three. Yeah, it is Lindsay who's the most hesitant. But yes. Dre and High are like, we got to do it, Lindsay. You need to, Lindsay. Of course they take it. They do a three-way pinky swear. And High does make a point that, you know, it's kind of like an instant connection between us. So it's worth doing. Yes. But yeah, the like, there's mud and a thing of fake blood. And it's like, do you have to use all this stuff? Like, they also go way over the top. I mean, High is like spreading fake blood all, all over, over his him. chest. What moment did we not get to see where they must have had to... Because, exp- like, as they come back, someone's like, why are they filthy? What I know. took them so long? There are a few things in this episode that it's, like, fast-paced zooms over. Like, you don't have any discussion about that. And then later on in the season, you don't have any discussion of the, like, summit walk, really. Yeah. Uh, so it's like there are a few moments that are just kind of, like, glossed over, it feels like, in this first episode. And I'm hoping that they come back around. I don't know if they will. But I think yeah, it might I don't know. Just be a victim of oh, this premiere episode's already two hours long. Oh God, yeah, and isn't it? you know, yeah, we're making footage, and like everyone has a fucking backstory. Like, yes. there's multiple people that have like very interesting, mm-hmm. good survivor backstories that we spend some time with. Probably just too much to try to cram into this episode. Totally. But like some of that strategy stuff that I feel like is necessary for us to know how the game is truly being played out. Yeah. Well, and I this is like, happening. hi, like, hi, did you like get a fucking crazy gash on your chest? You're like spilling blood all over the place. Whose blood is that? Did you have to right? kill a boar? Right. Did you have to like cut fish people up? Oh, I don't man. Know. I like, I'm like, is she going to be able to come up with a good third one? And you, you landed on it. Fish people. Um, what would you do? Would you want to get the advantage or would you want to just like be honest and go back? I mean, I think it's pretty difficult to not want the advantage. And you're also telling the other two people because they need all three for it to work. So like, oh, fuck you two. No, I think the obvious thing, especially because you're not on the same tribe with these people. It's kind of cool to have like, oh, 
these people are going to go off, but we've got this secret hidden connection if they're around at Merge. But it did take them a fucking long time. People commenting on it. But I mean, it's the first reward on the first day. I don't think that's going to stick in anyone's mind for very long. The excitement's going to override that. Yeah, and with everything that continues to happen this episode. And maybe it didn't come back up. Maybe that's why. I mean, like, High gets wet from doing the challenge yeah. and, like, going to camp. And then, like, oh, the blood's gone. So it's like, oh, whatever that was, maybe it wasn't even blood. I don't know. And It's maybe... like Lydia asked him multiple times, like, oh, man, are you okay? That's a yeah. ton of blood. Yeah. So it's like... I'm surprised she didn't bring it back up again. But Maybe he's just like, oh, I don't know, you know? Yeah, like, oh, it was just like I ran into a berry bush. I ran into a berry bush. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would say. Absolutely. Well, okay. Why didn't you grab those berries to eat, hi? Also, hi, you weren't the first one back, so what the fuck? Don't be eating berries, hi. <laughs> so they roll in the sand, and then Lindsay's the first one back. Yes. They, Taku gets into the water first. They have a pretty good lead. Um, Jonathan, I think, is really the challenge MVP, I have to say. Oh, okay. And also, Jonathan also looks like he's been on the island for two weeks already. <laughs> I love that. He's got kind of like bro, hippie bro. Hippie you know, bro vibes. He's not a pure hippie, but he's not a pure bro. He's like, you remove all the toxicity of a bro and inject it with feel good hippie vibes and you've got jonathan the i like bro. that yeah i like jonathan i like jonathan too i hope he goes far i could see him going far but so the first thing that jonathan does to help his team is they're approaching the station in the water that has the chests on it that has yes. the puzzle pieces in the chest that they have to get back to shore so they have to load these onto their boat and then row back to shore and they're heavy no honey no this is the bamboo stick one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeesh. <laughs> Should we cut that? Let's just keep rolling. Cool. You, you can't sit and contemplate if we should cut it. Oh, I... Be decisive. Cool. <laughs> um, so... He jumps into the water. He's like, they're off course from the puzzle pieces. Like, they, okay, so they have to row out, row around a buoy. Okay. And then, like, row back to the platform with the puzzle pieces tied onto it. So it's just, this isn't the chest. This is just no, bamboo just pieces bamboo of puzzle. Pieces okay. I'm totally the... conflating it with the reward, the immunity challenge yes, later. Okay. That's totally fine, though. But yes, he jumps to the platform and grabs no, them. No, he swims. Right. Well, he jumps into the water and then swims to the platform <laughs> and grabs them. Yes. It's like rather than waiting for like... them to row close so he can grab it. Exactly. He swims to and from the platform and hoists himself back into the boat making it way quick for their team to get back to shore. Right, they don't have to fuck around maneuvering. He's just being very decisive and taking the bull by the horns. And then when they get back to shore, they're like way off course to hook in. Because they have and... to come in where a rope is. Yes. So he just, he's like, no, don't get out of the boat. And everyone else is confused and being like, oh, are you sure we shouldn't get out? And again, he has to reiterate, don't to get out of the, the boat. boat. He drags the boat a good distance back on course to where they need to hook up with the rope. And blue and green are just like floundering in the water while this all happens. They're still struggling while this happens. They're struggling, which happens to a lot of teams is they're not communicating well. They don't have someone leading them and rowing. So they're either like going the wrong direction or barely moving at all. Well, and Daniel's shoulder is popped like we find out at the end of this challenge that he like just like literally popped it out and needs it needs it to be re 
pop back in. So it's like he can't fucking row. No, definitely not. Okay. So Vadi is the second to get to their platform. And what they're having to do is they have to build. We've seen this before on Survivor. They have to build a bamboo pole to be able to lift get a, a key. Yeah, on a like key hook off a peg. Um, Mar Mar Mara Mariah Mariah not Mary A Mariah Mariah. I know it's like Maria. Yeah, no, Mariah Mariah. Oh, she gets back to beach first. She has like a huge fucking lead. And like, maybe you're not thinking about it or never like played with popsicle sticks, but you need to like, oh, like not have it always being like top, bottom, top, bottom. Cause then it's just going to go at like an, like a downward slant. You definitely want to alternate the way that you're stacking your pieces of bamboo. Yes. Because you, it's already going to bend the For longer sure. it gets. So the less it's pointing toward the ground, the better. And she just fails at that completely. Yeah. And then who is it? It's not, is it high? It's high Roxroy and the lady's name, who I just said, Mariah. Mariah. Are the three going against it? And high is doing okay, but his pull isn't quite long enough. Roxroy ends up knocking his into the sand. Yeah, and you think it's going to be completely detrimental for his tribe, but... He's able to maneuver it pretty well. He slips his bamboo pole through the hoop, lifts it up, and is able to carry it back. Well, don't doubt him, bro. Yeah, I know. Then he don't starts, doubt him, He bro. immediately starts, like, berating probes. Don't you doubt me. Don't doubt me, buddy. Don't doubt me, probes. Like, was... I, I guess probes was, like... Oh, well, this can might he be, do it? This might be a tricky. He's just being a fucking He's commentator. Doing his job? Question mark. Listen, Roxroy gets a huge pass for almost anything he does, just because it's a great name. I mean, until halfway through this episode, and then he's just a fucking hot mess. I mean, he does get. He's not doing himself any favors. Certainly not. So the tribe split up. They all go their separate ways because Blue has won. But before they're allowed to leave, Daniel gets his shoulder popped back in. He's like, oh, I think I pulled a Stephanie LaGrosi, Jeff. And I don't know what that means. No, no fucking clue. It's like an old player who also popped her shoulder out. Or like an Olympian, maybe? Is he? Is it even mm, a... It's definitely a Survivor reference. It's 1,000% a Survivor reference. It'd be funny if it was like from like the 1970 Olympics or something. <laughs> oh, Just they have that gymnast. Olympic. It's Jeff's favorite gymnast. He oh. blogs about her all the time. Great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Jeff's like, oh, give him room. Give him room. We got to talk to Daniel Solo here. And uh, Dr. Ray comes and she's like, Ray you know. Comes? Yeah. Dr. Ray comes. No, Dr. Ray comma comes. Um, and she's like, you know, usually it can be repaired, but sometimes it does require surgery. Uh oh. His face, his eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, whoa. At least pop it. Just pop me, Doc. And she real quick just pops. It takes like a moment. Jeff's like, oh, I could see it. I could see it, mate. Oh, mate, I can see it. Uh, Wouldn't yeah. it be better if Jeff had an accent? I'm missing our Australian accents right now. I do like the host of Survivor Australia. He brings a different energy than Jeff does. Oh, very different. Jeff is host. More your buddy less i don't know jeff's pretty buddy buddy mm, jeff's like trying to be buddy buddy without being your actual buddy how do we feel about jeff's permanent dimples 
Mm, I don't love them. I no? find them a little distracting. Okay, well, that's just because you uh, like to stare at dimple holes. You got to eat that mic, baby. You're like leaning away from the microphone. I thought you were talking about Jeff for a minute. You keep putting your hand over your mouth and leaning away from the microphone. Two things that make sound quality bad. Okay. I love it. Just call me out. I'm not trying to call you out. I just want the listeners to hear your beautiful voice. You're not trying to call me out? I guess I am trying Hmm, to call you out. Yeah, maybe a little. But for the quality of the podcast. I was just being comfortable in the studio, bro. Don't make me pull a rocks right, bro. Don't you doubt me, bro. (laughs) Probst. All right, so let's go back when... Oh, because I one thing? Yes. They do mention that Daniel is at risk for that shoulder popping out again, which I think we should keep our eye on, because I think it it looks like it's affecting him later on. Yes, absolutely. I think it's also... I don't know who it is, but someone's just like, he says it like four times. Like, oh, he's a rock star. for Is it Mike? He's a real rock star for this one. He's super rock star right now. The rock starring. And then it was Mike. I think it's Mike. And Mike is just like, oh, shit. Everything went real terribly. Um, I'm worried. Mike is like worried about how their tribe's going to do going forward. Mike is like 57 years old. That's crazy. Do you think that's why he worries so much? I mean, and he is an old firefighter. Yeah, he's the first Puerto Rican fire chief from where he's from. Okay, so with that, should we just jump into our three tribes post-reward? Yes. All right, we start with Ika, the blue tribe. And they're all happy because they won. Yes. They're winners, baby. They uh they do a little like round robin. Let's all get to know each other. We got baby boy Zach. He's 21. He's a student. Drea, 34, born in Texas, but living in Canada most recently. Now, we did already go over literally all of this when we talked about the players at the did top we? of the pod. So I don't think we should necessarily go through them again. Rocks Rice 43. Okay, but we were, okay, Swathy. We do confirm that it's, it's Swathy yes. with a TH. Yes. So it's pertinent. We should correct the record on that. I mean, I was correct. All right. Oh, Swathy, fine. Let's chisel into the public record that Jackie was correct on Swathy's name. Yes. Swathy, speaking of her, speaks on that young ladies are often voted off first. Her parents are from India. Is she also from India? She describes herself as a hippie nerd going to Harvard. Literally talked about all of this okay, at the top okay. of the pod. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to... It's. It's. You're right. It's difficult the way the episode is structured. I'm not trying to repeat myself. I'm just working through my notes. Well, there's so much contention in this part of the episode. I wonder how (laughs) pleasant it is to listen to. I think that we should talk about how Tori likes to talk Harry Potter as like a fucking. Yeah. So it's like the youngies are staying behind while the oldies are going to do something. And I guess it inevitably turns to Potter talk. Well, Tori specifically asked them both about Harry Potter. If you've read Harry Potter. Because she's specifically, she's, like, yeah. that's her one touchstone in any type of, like, <laughs> nerdum. She's pegged them as nerds, and then it's like, oh, oh I man. know Harry Potter, so I can make them my friends. Zach has been to Florida. He's drank butterbeer. It's so stupid. Not a big Potter fan myself. No. Go read a real book. That's what I have to say. 
Um, okay. And then, yeah, Tori's like, yeah, you know, good big tick, big kid talk. Um, yeah. Just really a weird moment, kind of. Romeo, Roxroy, and Drea, on the other hand, are the three old people linking up, I guess. Although, I don't They're really think of... They're my star alliance. Oh, yeah? The French alliance? Versus my smiley face alliance. Interesting. Remember? Okay. I like that it's like Drea and Roxroy can both speak French, but Romeo's like, oh, I, I took French in high school, but I don't know anything. The French Alliance. I don't know. Did Roxroy speak French? I think he spoke, like, I think he said uno, dos, tres. Really? And she responded with on du trois. And then Romeo's like, well, I took really? French in high school. I'm pretty sure. I guess I just assumed that. Roxroy was also speaking French. I, I don't think so. Mm, okay, so they shouldn't be the French Alliance. No, we'll but that's okay. We'll keep them as the Star Alliance. Um, and then, yeah, Romeo is like, oh, look, I'm chap chopping bamboo with no problem. Well, not really well, chopping it While hitting it, it again all. and again and again and making no progress. And Drea is basically, like, vibrating with the whole entire pole, trying to hold it for him. Yes. Uh, really think that Roxroy is going to get booted for his negative energy. I'm going to say that right now. Okay, well, let's not even go in order of episode then. Let's just talk about everything at Ika then. Okay. Because the negative energy Roxroy bring, I think, really comes to a head when he comes back and the youngies are singing the theme song. Yes. Um, and him I and Romy are ca carrying it, but that's like, yeah, when they come back, they're like having fun and trying to relax but also being productive seemingly yeah. at the same time they're collecting shit i feel like roxroy just slips into old man boomer mode immediately and he's just like oh we need to buckle down and get crack a lacking and i'm used to giving my kids directions this is like herding cats and i'm no cat herder meow meow roxroy that's not a job Okay. Um, although I was a cat herder tonight. Okay. And then he's just like, yes, you were cuddling with two tiny kittens tonight. I'll it post it on the gram. Sure. Um, he's just like, oh, we got to get things done being very bossy. And we do get a little background that he's a stay at home dad, blah, blah, blah. And like, I guess he's, he's trying to treat his castmates like their kids and not yes. like their collaborators 100 percent. i just feel like he can't help himself you know he's a stay-at-home dad he's just he needs to be needed by people he wants to direct people around it's probably just the mode he's used to operating in not a good look it's gonna get him in trouble it is absolutely going to get him in trouble and it's also like i hope you don't you're not engaging with these people the way that you engage with your children. Cause it's like super condescending for one. Yeah. And two, like you aren't trying to like work with them. You're trying to make them work. Yeah. You're just bossing them around. Not and it's just like all like super hostile, pissed off energy, which is not a good foot to be leading with. No. Zach kind of speaks on, like, oh, in 41 seasons, he's being the bossiest person I've ever seen and painting a huge target on his back. Well, Andrea even, like, you should bring it down a notch and, like... And then while the kids are listening to Daddy, Drea oh, sneaks God, off right? to check her advantage. And it's just like, oh, the amulets have to be played at the same time. They can play it up to the final six. Um, the less of the amulets that right. are in play, the more powerful they are. So it like 
the less in play, the more powerful? I thought the more in play, the more powerful. No. So if all three of them are in play. It's less powerful. It's like an extra vote. Okay. If only two of them are in play, then it's a steal a vote. And only one of them's in play, then it's an idol. Okay. So it's like this weird, like, do I want to work with these people because I want to use it at the same time as them? Or do I want to vote them off so my thing becomes more, more powerful, powerful, but they also have that same incentive to vote me off? Exactly. I do think a lot of the little twists that they throw in are pretty effective. And I think, like, I'm really glad they're already adding additional twists that were not just in 41. I'm not, I'm really glad it's not just, like, 41 regurgitated right but it's a little it's like a spin on it yeah i don't want to piss you off so i i'll just breeze right over twink talk and not talk about things we've already talked about did we talk about tori looking for tarot hashtag tarot for tori tori goes off looking for tarot something no one knows what the fuck it is while she's secretly idol hunting and she's like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to anyways. And everyone is suspicious of her and she will have to address it later. Very awkwardly. There's also some time where Zach and Romeo get together. Yeah, the twink talk. Well, but you don't talk about their tiny fellas alliance. Yeah, or the super fan, the tiny Superman, super fan alliance. Or Zach talking about how like creating an alliance on survivor is like waiting to be kissed right like waiting the anticipation of someone leaning in are you gonna kiss me am i gonna kiss you back is this gonna happen let's kiss survivor style slap um yeah and then speaking of slap twists and variations on the game should we spend some time with vati and taku those are the other drives. Yeah, green and orange. Okay, cool. I'm like, uh, I don't remember those being players. No. Yeah. Yeah, you don't remember Taku? Our I don't favorite remember player? Taku. So over on the other beaches, they are presented with the savvy or sweat um, option. Um, they have to choose between either doing a physical challenge, which is filling up a, what, I believe it's 55-gallon drum. Two two drums i believe is it two drums yeah one person one bucket at a time oh well last maybe that was just my thought with last time because last time it was you had two buckets i don't remember season 41 but i think on this one it's one person one one 55 gallon drum you have four hours to fill that up or you can go the savvy route which is you have four hours to answer a puzzle you only get two tries find it really interesting that on this season they both choose savvy to go for the puzzle where on 41 they both chose sweat exactly as far as on vati tribe mike init- he like immediately jumps in and he's like i think we should go the teamwork route not have it be one person doing it cuz mike knows looking at who's on his tribe that he would be the person doing it and he's not wrong no not at all so it's like maybe if Daniel hadn't gotten hurt, they could have talked him into it because he's possibly, younger. But I mean, he doesn't like he doesn't look like he would necessarily do a better job than Mike. Oh, he definitely wouldn't. But he might have stepped up trying to do that for the tribe. So both and on Taku tribe, they also decide to do. I think I said they both do savvy, right? Yes. 
Um, what it is, it's a big triangle with a bunch of little triangles within it, and you have to guess the number of triangles. Yes, and it is really funny the like initial responses that people are giving, like on the Vati tribe particularly. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it does happen on both, but green specifically, like, well, it's like immediately they look at it for like a minute and four people are like, okay, I've got, I've got my guess. And then Jenny is like, well, I really love puzzles and I don't have my guess yet. You guys are like, Oh, this is not as simple as you think. No. And then she like points out just like the very top and people are like, Oh, oh. right. And she, and then we get a little talking head from Jenny saying she's a visual designer, mm-hmm. and a very visual person. And she's kind of doing an interesting thing where, you know, you can tell that she's blocking off parts of the triangle with her hand as to she's only, looking at it. Yeah, to only look at certain portions at a time to start and then slowly adding more to see what additional triangles can be made with this addition of space. Like, yeah. And we are getting, you know, we're splitting back and forth between Taku and Vati. Over on Taku Tribe, Marianne does speak to the hardest thing about this is remembering which portions you've already counted and not ending up counting a triangle more than once. Well, Jonathan and <laughs> some maybe Jackson or one of the ladies is like, it's really initiated oh, it's like by... six or eight. I think and Jonathan's then, like, oh, I think it's 11, 11. Yeah. And then Omar's like, dude, I'm I at... already see 36, like and that's already moment... at 36. Yes. That's the moment where they decide. Let's divide our resources. This is not Jonathan's forte. Omar, Marianne, and the lady. I'm not sure who. I uh, decide that they're going to hang out while the other people are going to go start working on their shelter. Yes. Um. I just... One thing that I think is maybe, like, better for short-term, worse for for strategy mm-hmm. is this like split up like i think that's a great point orange getting the shelter done yeah absolutely but like it's very practical right it's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but i'm agreeing with you yeah it's just a very practical choice it's practical and it's also like but they're not thinking like you're gonna have time for both you will have time for both where over on the green tribe doing that activity together and Finding that six that first success because you weren't successful this last time. Even if Jenny is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, right? Because it is still a collaborative thing. Yeah, you're discussing it. You're coming to the conclusion. You have to make two guesses. So you're you're making that final call as a tribe. Totally. Instead of putting that on a group of your tribe that'll either disappoint or excite the others. And you're all right there at mm-hmm. the moment because, like, you know, not they. It's between 50 and 51 and 51 and 52 for the other. The answer is 51. They both get it. Yeah. But you just see the moment on green, all of them being right there and celebrating. Whereas on orange, they pull back and reveal, start celebrating. And then the other members come around the corner and then start celebrating. Yes. And it is a subtle thing, but I think you're like really spot on that. It does just add one more layer of excitement and collaboration. 100%. Now that both tribes have, like, all of their stuff, they, like, are fully focused on creating camp, getting fire, doing all that fun stuff. It's kind of nice that both got the flint and the pot and the rice. 
just to all be on that even footing. We get a little bit of talking head from Mike, how he is, was the first Puerto Rican Italian fire chief for his city. Yeah, his father was rough. His mother was handicapped. He's a secret softy, Mike. Now, Mike starts that fire pretty darn quickly for the Green Tribe. Mm. What's it called? The, like, firefighters that start fires? So <laughs> Talking about some backdraft. He's an arsonist. <laughs> He's some Val Kilmer shit going on. There's, He's... like, a specific term for firefighters who start fires so that they can be the heroes of putting them oh, out. I, mean, I don't know what that There's term like, is. There is a specific term well, yeah, for no, that, though. The movie Backdraft is about that. Oh, you want me to look it up? I mean... Okay. Well, um, have you ever read Fahrenheit 451? No, but I know it's a book about fires. It's I'm, I'm assuming it's Mike's favorite book. Um, it's like in the future, houses don't burn anymore because we've reached that point. And so firefighters in this like future dystopian totalitarian government, they burn books. So books are illegal. Guy Montag has to go like, collect, but he's, he's a firefighter who's hoarding books. To light them on fire? Or just to read them. Is he reading these books? He's reading. Well, I don't know if he reads them. He just like collects them. Well, I don't know if he weird. can read. But he's like saving them because it's his job to burn them. Oh, well, it's nice that he's saving them. Does he like make sure he has like one of each type and then copies he burns? So he's still like doing his job, but preserving. I don't know. So Never seen that movie. I Googled firefighters who start fires name. And I got the prototypical firefighter arsonist. So is it just firefighter arsonist? I guess. I mean, there's a Wikipedia page for firefighter. Firefighter arson is a persistent phenomenon involving a minority of firefighters who are also active arsonists. Firefighting organizations are aware of this problem. <laughs> okay. The prototypical firefighter arsonist is a white male between 16 and 30. Studies differ on the ratios, but as many as 60 to 80% of arsonists fit that demographic, making Fuck. it significant. These individuals often exhibit either an egotistical need to be a hero or those who are bored and lack social maturity. So not Mike. No. Mike goes on Survivor. He doesn't go lighting fires. But that's crazy that 60 to 80% of arson... Is from firefighters? No, no, no. That's not what that said. <laughs> yes, no, it no, is. no, 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 no. That's not what that said. It said, okay, here's <laughs> it. We need to. I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. The prototypical firefighter arsonist is a white male between 16 and 30, okay? That 60 to 80% of arsonists are also white males 16 to 30. You! Yes. You! But just for one more year, and then I age out, okay? And then I won't be within the age range of being a prototypical arsonist. But it's not saying that 60 to 80% of arsonists are firefighters. <laughs> I mean, that would be hilarious. <laughs> it's just white men between 16 and 30 apparently are unsurprisingly the leading art. I mean, are we surprised that it's <laughs> white men in that age range are fucking lighting fires more than anyone else? That seems right, doesn't that it? That seems very appropriate. Boo. Do you think, how would Mike feel about us going on this long <laughs> firefighter arson tangent when he comes up? I mean, he might not appreciate it. Well, it's not like he's, you know, waiting for this to drop. I think he is. 
you know, I found myself questioning if I was like becoming an old curmudgeon while mm. watching this season, watching both Marianne and Lydia and just like the energy that they bring it kind of okay so like if you're just listening to this coverage we have covered a ton of survivor yes and some of that has been college survivor content <laughs> yes and i very Feel much plucked right out of syracuse right a little bit oh yeah a little bit and i'm like am i just fucking old now there's a, I, you is know that what? what's happening here am i just an old fuck that's I'm like gonna have a real old man yells at cloud moment coming up oh god and i think it's gonna i don't think people will agree with me on it and i'm just gonna give my honest opinion and i will say that you know i'm not gonna ever be rude or disparaging of any castaway but if they do something that I think is a little cringy or just like, oh, come on, I will honestly express that opinion no matter who they are. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. I don't think people will feel the same way I felt. Are you talking about Daniel and his cancer? <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of which, I believe it's Mike who notices that Daniel does have a scar yeah. and asks Daniel, just, you know, inquires about it as dudes will do, you know, scar talk. Hashtag scar talk. Are you pointing at my belly? Oh, your scar? I'm like, are you pointing at my belly? Yes, I did have my appendix removed. And then your like horribly scarred ankle is sitting on my lap. And that's <laughs> what you're pointing at. Yes. Yes. Jackie broke her leg two years ago at school on an unsalted playground because school there's being work a I'm dispute a between the city and the school district as to who is supposed to salt it we live in minnesota it gets very icy kids go out to play unless it's literally below zero degrees outside yeah so she slipped while monitoring children and has had three surgeries and it's all fucked up yes so she would be showing off that scar but I would Daniel's not make showing it on up. Survivor. They no. would not allow me. But I was thinking if you did make it on Survivor. Okay, I'll get back to this thought. Because I want to say Daniel has a scar from yes. childhood leukemia. Yes. Wonderfully, miraculously, fully cured at this point. Did he not get like a make-a-wish opportunity to get like involved with Survivor somehow? This isn't a joke. And I'm not trying to be grim. But isn't that maybe reserved for children oh. who like are going to die? Potentially. no. no. It's not just I mean, terminal potentially children. because I have a coworker whose son um, has been cancer free for three years. Um, okay. But he, he was, him he and his a... family did a had a make a wish experience. Seems like a good organization make a wish. I believe. I don't know if it's John Cena, but there's some professional wrestler who has clocked like an amazing number of hours doing shit for Make-A-Wish. That's awesome. Do you know what your friend's child's Make-A-Wish was? Yeah, their family took a family vacation to Hawaii for like huh. like a long, like seven days or something. That's nice. Yeah, they got to like to go surfing and like to right. luau, like did the whole thing. It was cool. So he had childhood leukemia. Um, he watched a ton of Survivor. So he just kind of speaks on the fact that it's cool to have been in that position, not able to leave a hospital room. And now he is on the adventure of a lifetime. He was worried that no one would like him coming into it. But like, that's not the case. And it's just like, and even this is had, everything that he always dreamed of. And it's gone so far as he's had an injury and people are still just, you know, they're not turning against him because of that. 
was going to say, if you ever did find yourself on Survivor, you could speak to watching Survivor with your broken leg and how you thought you could never do it. But now here you are on Survivor winning immunity after individual immunity, despite a messed up leg. Well, I would have to transition out of this state of being. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> anyway, Speaking of transitions. Yes, let's transition to Lydia talking about how it's day two and she hasn't even cried yet. Um, not Lydia. I was thinking about transitioning to Jackson. Okay, let's transition to Jackson. Hence why I said the word transition four times. Oh, <laughs> right over my head. So Jackson applied for Survivor 10 years ago. But. At that point in time, applied as a female yes jackson is no longer or right uh jackson is a jackson male. has transitioned yeah. yes jackson is a male jackson is a male who has transitioned in their life mm-hmm. uh and just kind of speaks on some backstory that they like you know were kind of estranged from their parents for a little while but later in life took care of their mother and became very really close sick, to their yeah. father. And uh, that dad was like, got anybody in your life? Yeah, my wife, who's mm-hmm. also a nurse who can help take care of Ma. Right. So it was like this kind of like everything came together in this way that allowed him to reconnect with his father and get to know his mother. Before she died. Yeah, it was really sad, like mm-hmm. listening to him at like campfire chat or however he phrased it yeah just like a really down-to-earth soulful conversation uh just kind of like deciding to open up because oh this is just something that is a part of who i am and i want to be completely open with my tribe mates Mm -hmm. that's nice and like yeah and then a boat arrives (gasps) a boat so on taku no on ika drea decides to go on the boat well, no. Okay, so on the the boat okay, pulls okay. up, and you have to send one person who's going to go on a journey and then return back. And they it's decided different ways. So yes. on Iku, they play rock paper scissors. And Drea. I have RPS dot 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 Dre, and I didn't understand what that meant until right now. Okay, rock paper scissors. Drea wins, so she gets to go on the boat. Green, they pull straws. Jenny pulls the short straw. She's going on the boat. So that's interesting because rock paper scissors victory going on the boat usually drawing the short straw is kind of like oh loser you're the loser and she goes on the boat so it's almost like a different point of view on if the boat's a good thing or a bad thing culminating in marianne over on taku well i'm just weaving pawn 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 palm palm fronds palm fronds i'm just weaving palm fronds so if you need to sacrifice exactly. me and send me. I mean, I guess there's no uh, no. Also, framing it almost as like a negative thing. And Jackson calling her out on it right away, being like, oh, ha, ha, you think it as a negative thing. But they send her anyway because she's the one who volunteered and no one else wants that target on their back. So then we enter into boat time or summit zone, if you will. And uh, they get to hike up a mountain and get to know one another talking on the way i feel like they didn't talk a lot did they i feel like there was like a lot of hiking with no talking we didn't see a lot of it yeah i feel like and if they did have more than this they would show us some 
unless it was just not interesting. Yeah, I guess. One thing we do find out is that for some fucking reason, Marianne is barefoot. Yeah, like she hopped on the boat and just like is doing it. That's a really poor decision, I have to say. I like I'm all for being a hippie and feeling the earth on my feet. But you definitely do not want to be injuring your feet on Survivor. And a lot of this terrain is terrain that could fuck up your feet. We do get some backstory um, about Marianne talking about how her family's from Kenya. And when she expressed to her mom, like, wanting to do Survivor, her mom's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you want to go live and starve on a fucking island right, for a month? Right, and experience hardship. Yeah. She describes herself as a classic weirdo. And, like, as a child really felt out of place. And, like, oh, gosh, I, like, think of specific students that are very much Marianne. Yeah. I, like, have a student that I work with daily that is Marianne. And I'm, like... She's very youthful. Mm, she feels very yes. much of the current youth, I will say. Absolutely. Marianne does say this thing, and it's a sentiment that was also shared by Daniel. Just this idea of like, oh, I'm excited to be this type of person playing this game to maybe inspire someone watching me play. Yes. Representation is big. Absolutely. And uh, Survivor's really been pushing hard for diverse representation the last couple seasons. Um, yeah. And then they have to make a fucking decision. So they can either risk their vote. Or protect it. And based on everyone else's choices, if everyone protects their vote, then, then nothing, nothing happens. Changes. You're good to go. If everyone risks their vote, they all lose their vote and get nothing good. If at least one person protects the vote, but other people risk, then those other people get an extra vote. Yes. And the person who protected their vote is just fine. Yes. So, Marianne. Andrea take the risk, meaning that, of course, Jenny does not. But, I mean, they didn't discuss this. They didn't know this was happening. They're all Jenny, separate, yeah. yes. Jenny um, talks it out of, like, I think that they were both selfish enough to take it, and I can't risk not having a vote. Whereas Drea and sucks. Marianne are just like, oh, you know, this is the, this is like, a, this it's is a survivor. I gotta, gotta take the risk. Yeah. And she's like, it kind of sucks that they get an advantage when I don't, but I just can't risk not having a vote. Cause I really think that they did it. And then it also doesn't really come up on the episode. I know. I was really, I have a question later on in my notes. Like, they're all any summit talk? Question mark, question mark? Like, as far as like they return to camp and no one has any questions about what happened? Yeah, or it's you like, brought nothing back? And, and there are some conversations that happen kind of on the tail end, at least for the Orange Tribe. But like, yeah, we don't see any summit talk. And we also don't see any talk about um, that one group. The Drea, was it Drea as well? Drea, Romeo, and no. Roxroy? No, the three that ran for the paddles second and had to, like, cover themselves. So, what, that was high. Someone and someone. Yeah, it was high someone Lindsay, and someone. High well, Lindsay and, and Drea, someone. I believe, as Is well. Is it Drea, right? too? I believe. Hold on, I can find it here. Vamp, vamp. So Dre, because if it's Drea, then she gets two different. She has two fucking advantages on this point. So she has the advantage of like 
It is high Drea Lindsay. Fuck yeah, Drea's Shit. like banging. Shit. Shit, Drea. Shit, Drea. Don't let people know. Drea but be yeah, banging. Like they don't come back to that either. So there are like two mm. things that what are not you, really What would you expect them to come back? Oh, like what was what was with that getting the paddle that time? Like, oh, you look like crazy. Oh, okay. Oh, people like, asking them yes. about that. Yeah. I expected there to be some sort of conversation about that at some point, but like Especially there between hasn't the three been. between the three camps, you know. Yeah, especially because um fucking Lindsay, yeah, Lydia. Lydia was all like, "Oh, what's up, hi? You were bleeding all over." Like ask that one question and then doesn't follow it up again like there being no discussion of it between the three camps and no discussion post summit i wonder if they're just like that's not the story we want to focus on it like muddles whatever takes up too much time just explaining something that the viewers already saw let's just gloss over it breeze on to something else to conserve time i love it i you know don't you think that might just be the decision they made I'm, I mean, it's a good decision. I guess. Speaking of which, I think we should throw it to a commercial. Yeah. And we'll come back and chat immunity. Yeah. Here we go. Welcome back to Survivor Cast International, Survivor 42, Episode 1. We're coming back on Immunity. We are, but before that, we have a little something to talk about. We do have an, a very interesting moment. I saw a lot of very... Interesting thoughts, people upset, people rallying around this player. Um, a lot of confusion, I think, caused by this moment in general. So, Jackson, we've already talked about Jackson. Jackson Jackson's shared their story. Yes. They're, like, really dehydrated, really struggling, and then... Jeff arrives. Oh, Always no. a worrisome thing, right? An unexpected Jeff visit. He's impressed by their shelter. And then he pulls Jackson aside. Um, he kind of goes into this whole thing about how there's extensive medical screening to be on survival survivor, how you have to like disclose your current medical situation. It's a big conversation that you have to have before, you know, coming on the show, obviously. Just to make sure like you're healthy enough and there's nothing that's going to like come up and that they're prepared for all medical situations. Um, and then Jeff mentions that, you know, or Jackson gets very candid and just talks about how he is on lithium or was on lithium, but has been weaning himself off of it, how it's like a sleep aid that he uses or has been using since his mom got sick. And I guess it's not something I was fully aware of, or maybe only just vaguely aware of that there is kind of a stigma surrounding lithium use i honestly didn't know either that there was a stigma or even really what lithium is i guess i did like a little bit of research after this okay um i think like the issue with it is if like you come off it in like 
in any type of way, but especially in like a way that's not like directed by your doctor, it can cause like harmful thoughts or actions. And like, particularly if you're like in a stressed environment, right? Like, which would be the case for anyone being on Survivor right now. Hmm. I think so. Yeah. And then also I think there is like, it can make you more dehydrated and it can have like this physical ailment on you. And with it being a season where you're really roughing it. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems like he didn't disclose that he had been on lithium because he had been weaning himself off of it. So it seemed like it wasn't going to be an issue. He thought he'd be fully off of it before getting on the show. And like, it didn't work out. Like maybe it came up as like a, in a screen that this is what led to some interesting conversation of just like, how did he ever make it onto the show? If it was going to be an issue, because that's kind of heartbreaking, right? Would it have been better to, have an alternate because apparently there are always alternate in the wings and it's like he went on the show like they for sure drug tested yeah it's like and and then he was allowed to be on camera and on the show before that medical screening came up weird it's just like it, it kind of raises just some questions of like how did this happen and other people talking about like yeah you know like i am on medication and i was on survivor and of course you're allowed to be on your medication when you're on survivor so yeah, it is. Are they playing into that stigma around lithium? Hmm. Especially with him having been like weaning himself off of it. Is it just something like, oh, you just had this small amount in your system and that's a no go for us? Is it like a an insurance thing? Sometimes that becomes an issue. Certainly. I mean, like, especially if it's something that could cause like self-harm or anything like that, like being in a stress situation like this, like, or if it has a reputation, whether it's fair or not of that cause, you know, that being something that happens. I mean, and I think that's like depression and suicidal thoughts are honestly like a fucking side effect of weaning off of most medications. A ton, a ton of per, honestly, yeah, most. Yeah. Like, and it's especially... insane the number of medications that it's like, oh, if this was something used to like aid in something that helped in mood alteration mm-hmm. and getting more sleep certainly does that. Removing that from your system if you are someone with like anxiety or depression or anything like that, it like can certainly heighten those feelings or certainly like skew your brain in like a a more extreme way even than it had ever been before and things like that absolutely it's a bummer so jackson is pulled marianne is sobbing this is the moment where i'm like marianne's reaction where jackson comes up and then she's just like wailing i mean i saw a lot of takes of like oh my gosh, Marianne's super heartfelt reaction to Jackson's news. And I'm like, tone it down, Marianne. Come on. Yeah. Ah, Jackson. Oh, no. Rolling my eyes. Like scream crying running at him when it's like, okay, Maybe let Jackson have his moment. Yeah, for real. It's like uh, sweet and immature. Very much so. Okay. And then we roll into immunity. Talking about rolling, I mean, this is also where the shot and the dice is revealed. Yes, they are. Okay. If you haven't seen 41, this was present on that season. Something I can't, I don't mind this being another just like, oh, if you think you're going to be voted off, you can, 
I think the fact that you discard your vote is what makes me be okay with it. There's lots of those like double sided, yeah. yeah. And like you, I think it. You made a point of speaking on this. I think maybe in our 41 recap, but like how things that are not just a positive, like just finding a hidden immunity idol is like, there was a moment where they were like so nilly willy with that. And it was so all over the place that it's just like, no one's getting like modern survivor had a glut of just idols and there being a negative aspect that you have to contend with really helps Mm -hmm. that be less of a issue for me. hundred percent. So the other two tribes see that Jackson's not there. Everyone, of course, gagged. Yes. And what they're doing on this immunity challenge is you start in a platform on the water. Yes. And this is where you're collecting the chest that I erroneously brought up in the reward challenge. 30 lashes. Three chests that you have to collect. They look heavy as hell. Filled with puzzle pieces. You've got to then get them back to shore, get the chest and the boat through a, a brief net maze. maze. Yeah, like a, a net fucking maze. like net that you have to like push it on a ramp and fucking psycho. And then build a massive puzzle. Uh, like the ring puzzle, a circular puzzle, the snake eating a snake. For sure. Oros Boros. Because, yes. because the immunity idol is revealed and it's a giant, very gaudy, kind of stupid looking mm-hmm. Oros Boros eating its own tail. Which, why? Why is it Oros Boros? Why stupid. is it eating? Like, what is so stupid? What significance does that have? No idea. Maybe we'll find out. I don't like when I, I think it was uh, the last season of Survivor South Africa. The idol was like this, or maybe it was the voting thing. It was like this giant skull with like oh, a snake thing. going through one yes. eye. No, thank you. It looks very silly and comical, like something I'd buy for like a 13-year-old's room. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little or more... Or like a pirate-themed birthday party. Yeah, or like pirate-themed restaurant. Yeah, Jeff is coming out and going to serve me fish sticks. I love that. I, I like when it's a little more artistic, a little cooler looking... Jeff, retire and serve me fish sticks. Look at the current Survivor Australia immunity necklaces and idols. Way cooler. Way cooler. Okay. Um, Lydia sits for green and Romeo sits for blue. And then everyone jumps in the water at once because they have to swim out to their platforms, correct? Yes. yes. Or do they have to paddle out? They must have to row they're, out. They're in that boat. Yeah, they got to row out to the, the chess. Yeah, that makes sense, they right? row from the platform to the chess. Okay. Uh, Daniel, while rowing, you can tell that his shoulder mm-hmm. is bothering him. You notice this, and this is like, again, like, is this going to be something that pulls him from the game, or is it just going to be detrimental enough to, like, come up in tribals and him being weak? I'm curious. I wonder. I I am worried. I hope it doesn't, because it'd be a real shame to have multiple people be pulled, but yeah. I kind of have a gnawing negative feeling that it's going to come up. I I agree. Orange is fucking killing it. We've got Jonathan really, Jonathan, I think, Lindsay like diving onto the platforms like crazy. Absolutely. Lots of just like screaming and grunting when they're handling oh, the yeah. chests. They must be heavy as fuck. Um, Blue kind of falls behind and there's this moment where Roxroy like drops the chest into the water instead of getting it into the boat. So then they have to fucking get this heavy chest instead of just from the platform to the boat 
out of the water into the boat, which is way harder, of course. There are multiple times where Roxroy is just like, he is the most physical on their tribe, and he is not acting like it in these challenges. He's an enigma, Roxroy. I don't really know how to peg him quite yet. Me either. I don't know if I want to know him long enough to get to peg him i don't know if i want to peg roxroy <laughs> uh, he is exhausted very early on well i mean this looks fucking exhausting to be fair so eventually daniel and jenny on vati get to the puzzle yes they're all back on the beach with their uh chess and boats and then they have to initially isn't there a moment when they take the chess out of the boat, then they have to get the boat on shore and they put the chess back in the boat to get it through the maze? Yes, it's like you could have pulled the the chess in the boat up the sand to the, to the net maze or whatever. But it's just very heavy. But it's like we can barely cover, like carry the boat alone. I don't think we could do it with all the chess. People have such, you know, getting the boat in the chest through the net maze is extremely difficult for everyone, I think. Yeah. Oh, I just like, we quick ran through the whole thing and now we're back on net maze. Are we? Okay. But now they're out of the maze. I, you're right. I, <laughs> I, <feel laughs> I like just I got confused. I feel like I didn't really talk on the net maze at all, but it's just, it's really difficult for everyone. Yes. People are pushing and pulling and lots of, you know, I think you made the comment that it sounded like they were like giving birth. They were screaming. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, and then like puzzle is also a struggle for some specifically blue. Blue is like really struggling to work together. Yeah. It's funny that there are two people like standing on platforms, I guess, as like callers. Directing or whatever. They're so far away from the puzzle and aren't helping whatsoever. It's like Tori and Roxroy for Blue. And it's like, those are not the people you want trying to give you crit critique or whatever. Someone says, put it, or the host, I think, says, put it in a deep freeze. Oh, props. This is after. Okay. So Orange wins. Omar, who looks like Harmar Superstar. If okay. you're a Minnesota music fan, Omar is Harmar Superstar. I love that. He's the puzzle master on Orange, and they win. They come in first. And then it's this whole thing of like, everyone touch it. <laughs> yes. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That is funny. They get the, the immunity thing, and someone so, does say, touch it. Everyone touch it. Gotta get the power. Touch the snake. And then it's like, okay, well. You don't have to win, but you just don't want to be third. You don't want to be in last, yeah. And that's when Probst is like, this one's in the deep freezer. Because it's blue is so far behind. Zach is, and they're still fucking up where green, um, who was that? Um, Vati. No, no, no. The person's name? Jenny. Jenny was doing super great for green. Green and orange were very close. Like, green is just behind blue, and orange is significantly you know, far behind green. You mean the other way around. Do I? Green is right behind An orange. orange. Did and I not blue, say that right? No. Blue is significantly behind. Hashtag slop cast. <laughs> Zach is just very sleepy at the wheel, blames himself 100%. But yes, orange comes in first, green comes in second, blue is going to tribal council. And they have to give up their flint. Yeah, which sucks. Absolutely. So Zach kind of talks about how 100% of this was his fault. He's feeling very vulnerable 
post-immunity. And his plan to shift the narrative is to put the blame on Tori. Tori kind of tries to get ahead of this. She's like, okay, I know that everyone thinks that I'm holding an immunity idol right now. I just want to openly address the immunity rumors surrounding Tori. I do not have an idol. Mm-hmm. And does she then like, Andrea, I think you're the person who started the rumors, so I need to talk to you separately. And then she goes out to talk with Drea. Or was it, no, I, it wasn't Zach. It was just like, Drea, we need, like, or can I heard we go, about it from yeah, you first or something. We, or like, Drea, can we go talk? I almost halfway felt like she was being accusatory of Drea as a smokescreen to pull Drea aside. To be able to talk about, like, what's going on and hatch a plan. But I possibly misunderstood that. But regardless, they do go aside together. Meanwhile, Zach is like, fuck, I am the person who told Tori as uh, so Romeo's but- like, who talked to Tori? That he's just tattletailing on me right now. Drea kind of speaks to Tori about, like, at the challenge, I was the only person pushing the boat, and I made the fire. And Tori's like, oh, I'm totally down to fucking vote off Roxroy. Yeah. Thanks for the shelter, but fuck you, bro. And there's right. a funny moment where uh, Tori's like, oh, yeah, thanks for the shelter and fire. And then Dre's like, well... I made the fire, so... Oh, that's right. You did. <laughs> and also, it's like, when the challenge was going on, I did, like, camera purposely shot to Roxroy, like, sitting, not pulling the boat multiple times. He was, like, exhausted. He was just yes. completely... Uh, Spent. Completely guttered. Guttered. I love it. Um, But, like... Romeo's like, no, we can't, like, get rid of Roxroy. We fucking need some strength because the rest of us are, like, little baby winklings. (laughs) He's our strongest player. And, Tori, I will remind you, we have an alliance with Roxroy. What the fuck is going on? the three of us, you loser. It's a bad look. It would be fine if Romeo went along with it, but him being alarmed at the fact that Tori is going against their alliance. Not not, good for you, Tori. Not good for Tori. No. And then, because uh, he's going to tell Roxroy, of course. 100%. What do you think about this moment where Roxroy is talking to Swathy? And he's like, you need to wash those things off. And he's like, what? what? And he's like, those, those things, things you, you call, call shoes? I think it's like super insulting, but he's not necessarily trying to be. And then he's just like unpleasant with her where he's like, oh, so give me a name. And then, oh, well, you know. I'm down for anyone who's not me. A very Sandra response. So then who you doing? And then she's like, Zach? And okay, I don't want all this running around, jibber-jabbering, talking about who to vote off. You said Zach. We're fucking sticking to Zach. It's like Roxroy. Are you like... You do not know how Survivor works? What is going on, Roxroy? You need to cool your jets, man. Survivor is specifically talking strategy and debating who should go. It's a major part of the game. Literally half the game, man. He's just like grumpy grandpa, wants everyone to just fall in line. I don't know what Roxroy is doing on this show, frankly. He seems unhappy. And Drea can't feel... Oh, okay. So then, like... Romeo convinces Drea that they should vote for Tori, essentially. Yes. And Drea's not going to push back because she's not sure if she has a vote or not. Yes. Zach is like to Tori, 
it's me or you. So, you know, hopefully it's you. Kind of pissing off Sori, who's like, well, you. good job on the puzzle, bitch. Yeah. But, yeah, Zach's a real weakling. I don't know about Zach. I don't dislike Zach, but he um gets a little bit messy here, pre-endearing tribal in a way that maybe seals his fate. His, like, almost, like, getting, like defensive in a petty way like yeah or like lashing out because he's feeling attacked he's trying he's trying very hard to deflect attention onto tori and i think it he's doing it in a way that's not making him look great it just comes up sloppy he revealed on twitter that he wrote himself a letter for every possible vote off position so he would have that letter to read no matter when he got voted off well, that's good for your psyche, I guess. <laughs> okay, rolling into tribal. No, majority. publish a book. Oh, wait, no. Publish them into a book. That's, that's a good idea. That's like some, you know, some Donald Self-publish Trump. Self-publish it on Amazon. Like, make a few grand that's what I'm at saying. least. Like Donald Trump right now is currently quietly making millions of dollars over some fucking god-awful coffee book he hobbled together where it's like a picture of some other world leader and his catty like bitchy girl thoughts on that person that's ridiculous <laughs> let's go to tribal i do want to say quick oh. before tribal romeo is very much not romeo? into romeo with the romeo um he's very for he's very much where he's very for uh he's very much not into breaking up the skinny boy alliance he right. wants to vote tory and it's interesting that Roxroy just like puts his foot down. He's like, no, no, I am not voting Tory. That's not happening. So. Not on my watch, bitches. Exactly. He says that exactly. <laughs> Verbatim. But he's kind of looking out into the like horizon when he says bitches. So it's not clear who exactly that was directed at. Bitches. Bitches. It's more in... like a lustful thought at the end of it, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving into tribal. It's night number three. Zach does the whole fire is life, life is good, this is fire, etc. When did the fucking montage start? Yeah. I'm tired. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, usually it's like a 90 second montage, and I kept waiting for the montage. This isn't Rocky Four, Zach. No. Nope. No montages. But I will say, Swathy is like, I'll give up my pinky if we don't have to be here, Jefferino. So she's wink. willing to give up double pinkies. Maybe even up to six or seven fingers out of your ten? Is that what she says? Up for like the first eight days? Yeah. That's a lot of uh I guess you lose. only go to tribal every other day. She seemed to be so saying like, like two pinkies, I think. I think it'd be like four fingers totally. I would not give up four fingers to not go to tribal. No, not at all. Uh, Roxbury assures America that Survivor is real. It's the realness. Um, yeah. And then... Zach starts to get messy again. He's either like, it's me or Tori. And frankly, Tori's not very trustworthy or loyal. And then Tori gets real pissed off. She gets crazy eyes. Her eyes are real Fuck wide. You, man. She's like burning with passion. Mm. Zach. We go- like a good passion burn. Mm, we sure do. Zach goes to vote first. He plays his shot in the dark. Drea does get an extra vote. I'm like, okay. 
super surprised that we get a shot in the dark on the first episode. It's like really, really surprising to me that that's like happening because we only got one last season and for it to take like such a quick, I wonder like someone doing it so early lessens the chance. Like now you have a one in five chance. No, I, I agree. I, I wonder, it's just been very interesting having watched 41 so recently Yeah. to see how they're interacting with the new twist very differently. Yeah, it's been fun. I like I like seeing it be maneuvered in different ways. Go check out our quick 30-minute season overview of 31, especially if you're like, Jesus, this episode is way too long. Yes, that's only like 30 minutes and we cover a whole season, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, we can be concise, believe it or not. But here, why not talk about everyone a lot? A lot. So, okay. Hashtag Jenny jokes. Oh, there is also one funny thing before they go to vote where Jeff says that Tori's body language is like very closed off to Zach. And I think it's kind of like a weird moment where Jeff is inserting himself or like giving an opinion yes, more than he usually does. Absolutely. It kind of struck me as an odd moment. 100%. Like, yeah, you can just look at her now. She's totally blocking Turning you out, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck, Jeff? Are you now a counselor? Are you going to like give me therapy on like one of my wins? Yeah, I don't trust anyone with dimples that distinct. I mean, you've got some nice dimples, boo. Yeah, mine are all natural, not bolted into my face. <sighs> so, Zach takes his shot in the dark, and he's like, as a super fan, and does not get... He, he's not safe. Not safe. Not safe for you. He's not out. safe for you. Uh, and how do you feel about shot in the dark? Do you like it? Um... Yeah, it kind of doesn't. It's so far. It has. It's had very little. No one. We it's haven't seen no real impact. Except Zach didn't get a vote, but I don't think that would have done anything either way. No, it wouldn't have. So Tori prays. Zach isn't safe. Uh, three votes for Zach. So it's goodbye, Zach. And do you have his letter? Can we read it? What do you mean his letter? That he wrote to himself? Okay, vamp while I maybe try to find that. Vamp. Vamp, vamp. (laughs) It's not vamp. Vamp, vamp. vamp. He Um, um, he he does leave on a pretty, you know, classy note. He says he really had a blast and it was kind of cool playing Survivor. Even though I'm a big loser, it was still kind of (laughs) cool. You're so mean. Okay. So first boot. Should we read his letter right now? Yeah. What the hell, Zach? How did that happen? If you're the first boot, that means you really screwed something up. But you know what? That's okay. You're allowed to fall on your face as long as you pick yourself back up. It's okay to feel disappointed. To feel... Wasted? Washed it? Wasted. Something. This was your dream. He doesn't have the best handwriting. After all... And it went about as poorly as it possibly could. Uh-huh. But look at the positives. One, you still managed to get cast. That it, that alone is better than 99% of super fans could dream of. You got marooned. You completed competed in a challenge. You went to tribal. You got to experience Survivor. And you still have so much to look forward to. From the cast reveal to watching yourself look silly on national TV. And besides... There's something uniquely special that being the first one out. I mean, how many people can say that? Once the wound heals, this becomes a really funny story. 
at the end of the day, you're still a small part of your favorite show. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you'll win someone's Brant Steele huh. one day. B-R-A-N-T-S-T-E-E-L-E. Is it capitalized? Yeah. So maybe like that's another player that like or is the first like one a... voted out sometime and then brought back on or something like that. Or is it like a an org or like a fan thing? I don't know. Question mark. Hashtag Brant Steel question mark. And remember this, colon. You would rather be the most humiliating first vote of all time than to never try at all. This was still all incredible. Love, Zach, XOXO, kiss, kiss, love, love, kiss, kiss. Meow. All right, sweet letter. I mean, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's a good, those are good things to say to yourself when, like... It's a good attitude. Feeling like you maybe have, like, not been as successful in a big goal that you wanted i feel like i had a bit of a snarky attitude but i think it's not a terrible activity to be like i'm gonna preemptively write a letter when my emotions are in a calm state where i can like really put in perspective all these things that are true that maybe will be hard to realize in that moment i don't know if i would have necessarily written the like 13 to 20 I, letters I, that okay. I would have needed to write to be like covering all the vote outs. I think like, I, I got to come clean here. I looked upon looking it up. I maybe realized that maybe I exaggerated because the next entry appears to be pre-swap. So it's not every position. It's okay. Not so like, it's like first pre-swap, first after swap, probably. But he did say before I started the season, I wrote a letter to myself for every single placement I could possibly get. But he was broader than that. Okay. It's like he he has a whole like pre-swap category. Cool. I got you. So it's not like, yeah, oh, you got voted off third. Right. That's what I was wondering That's what if it, it seemed was. Like. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that nice first parting, Zach. Yeah. We really, I feel like I know the cast well. And I like that. I do too. I feel like I have an understanding of each member almost like there's like two or three players that I don't know as well as everyone else. And I hope that I get to know them over this next episode. Good first episode. Feeling strong on 42. Feeling fucking ripped on 42. 42. How about you? 42. Toodaloo. That's right. Toodaloo. And we will be back next week. With episode two, of course, taking us out on Hearts of Fire from Rocky Four, because we did reference Rocky Four in the song. Um, follow us at INT Survivor Cast. Catch us on Facebook and Instagram. Catch our Syracuse coverage, our UK coverage. Our Australia coverage. Our Australia coverage. Our sister podcast, Batchin Castle Cast, where we're recapping ABC's Castle and NBC's The Bachelor. We will be guesting on Survivor Syracuse's recap YouTube show next Wednesday. So even if most of that sentence is gibberish to you, go find it and watch us. Yeah. You can see what we look like in person. I mean, come on now. Come on, Vietnam. Hearts on fire. All right. See you next time. Adios.